The line of fine is the ultimate goal of our healthcare system. It is where the traditional system is trying to get all patients. They're not trying to get patients to a state of optimal health. They're not recommending red light therapy. They're not trying to optimize what kind of vegetables you're eating or how you're timing your meals. They're making sure you won't have another heart attack, that your blood pressure is stable, that your blood sugar is okay, that you don't have any kind of bleeding happen from any kind of hole, that you can walk on your feet on your own, that you are safe in your home. They need you to be fine. They need you to be fine because there's so many people who aren't who could use your bed. That is the driving force in the healthcare system. It's not to scan people to find things so we can treat it way before it's a problem. It's to understand when we need to scan people, knowing we're going to have to treat them and what kind of is the best for most people to be fine. It is really a low, low standard of health. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. I don't know if any of you have ever looked at other people, other people who have like two, three, or more kids, or like 10 pets, or just a lot of responsibility in their life and looked at them and went, I don't know how they do it. Like I'm exhausted just looking at their life. I think about this when I look at other people's lives who have three kids and I'm sure people look at my life and feel the same way. But the thing is, is that my life works for me. I love running my kids most of the time to all of their activities. I love the time we get to spend together in the car. I like living in the middle of the city because I can walk places and we're 200 meters from their school. I like my life and that's the only thing that matters. And I was thinking about this idea in the context of something that was shared by my friend, Todd Herman. And Todd shared this beautiful story of how someone was commenting an instant comment to him like, oh gosh, like, isn't your business a lot of work? Don't you feel like you're always working on your business. And he shared that he didn't feel that way, that he loved his business, but he realized his business was something impactful in his life and that worked in his life because it had three ingredients. And I want to share those three ingredients with you as we delve into the P of impact. So as you may know, or maybe you're just joining us for the first time over the course of six inter or six, I was going to say interviews, but interviews, podcasts, but whatever, whatever we're doing here today, we have started this two podcasts ago and we're going to carry on for three more after this. I'm breaking down the word impact and the word impact as it pertains to this concept called impact medicine, which is the title of my book that will be coming out in November. And impact actually has deep meaning. The I stands for intention. The M stands for mindset. The P stands for the people you serve. A stands for attraction. C for sense and sense, where we talk about money and T thinking like an entrepreneur. When I talk about impact, what I'm talking about is the system that I deploy and put in place to run my own business. It is a system to create and build a business of impact in the health space. And so we're unpacking today the P, where we talk about the people that we serve and the way that we are serving them. 
But building a business is not just about how do we serve other people. For us to build a business that is meaningful for our version of an ideal life, we have to be intentional about a few things first. That business has to have a few ingredients. And so running off and creating a solution to people's problems that doesn't satisfy these three things will be a problem for you. And beyond just the intention that we got into in the eye of impact, what we also need to understand is that the system and mechanism and way that we serve people also has to achieve three things. And these are the three things that Todd spoke about. He said, first and foremost, your business needs to be something that you love. You need to love it. I don't want to have a garbage collection company, even though it'd probably make a lot of money. That is not how I am called to serve. I don't want to run a transportation company or a dog walking service or any of those other elements. I love that those people are available to me in my life. It is not how I am called to serve. I have to love it because here's the truth about a business. It's going to be really hard. It's going to be really hard sometimes early in the morning and late at night. It's going to be really hard when you don't make as much money on a given month that you thought you were going to make. It's going to be really hard when someone quits when you really need them. It's going to be really hard when you can't find the person you need. It's going to be really hard when you write or create something that you think is amazing and no one likes it. It's going to be really hard a lot of the time. It's also going to be really beautiful and it's going to connect you to your purpose. There's nothing else I would do than get up and work in my business in this current iteration. It works for me. And that's all that matters. And so the first criteria is you are building a solution for your ideal client the people you serve, the P of impact. The business needs to be something that you love. Like check in, do you love it or do you not love it? If you don't love it, let's talk about that. Do you love it? The second thing that a business needs to be is lucrative. Your business needs to make money. Just gonna say this one more time for the people in the back. Your business needs to make money. You can't have a business that doesn't provide income. You can't even run an NGO that doesn't break even. What you put into the world needs to have a level of financial sustainability to it. And I don't just want you to have a business that enables you to break even. Because here's the truth. You can have a business that achieves massive contribution and impact and also attracts incredible wealth to you in your life. And I didn't just say money. I said wealth. Wealth. That whole little thing I just did there, this whole section of the three L's from Todd is throwing some people for a loop. You got to love it. It's got to be lucrative. Got to be lucrative. And the third thing your business has to be is leveraged. It has to be leveraged or you run out of time. You cap your own impact. Leverage might be an online course. Leverage might be hiring somebody awesome who would benefit from a job to sell your product at the farmer's market instead of just you. Leverage might be training other babysitters to be just as awesome as you. And you have the one website where people can get in touch with all the babysitters. I don't know what your business is, but for your business to grow, for you to move into a state of impact, for it to evolve past a place of hobby, you need to look at elements of leverage. Because you might get sick and then you can't serve everybody anymore. And what are we going to do then? It's part of growth. It's part of the maturity of a business. It's actually what differentiates being self-employed 
where you're still just employed, you're still just employee in having a business is this idea of leverage. So when we bring it right back to this notion of impact medicine and P and the people that we serve and we're building out our offering, the lens through which we do that is we are going to get more creative in my book at Impact Lives and in this discussion today than talking about one-on-one care. We're going to talk about one-on-one care because it is expensive, it is not lucrative, and it is not leveraged. There is a reason that healthcare systems around the world do not even break even. It is because the cost of one-on-one care is so expensive. So if we can't even with the economy of scale get an entire healthcare system to just break even, how are you in your tiny practice going to build wealth and leverage and impact if you are only working in a one-on-one context? This is something I'm immensely excited to talk about and bring to the table because one of the things that has happened over the course of COVID and everybody and their brother wants to teach you how to run a virtual practice, which for many of you just means you move one-on-one care into the virtual world. What I want to talk about in the context of impact medicine is creating an offer and an offer ecosystem for your patients that actually matches their needs. Because here's the elephant in the room when it comes to patient care, not everyone wants to see you one-on-one. So when I was in practice, We were all taught about the one-on-one, like the first appointment, right? And the way we described that first appointment is, this is going to be the most amazing appointment you've ever had in your whole life. It's not like the 10 minutes you normally have with your doctor. It is two hours of me, this person you've never met, asking you the most intimate questions any human has ever asked you about such topics as your bowel movements your sex life, your state of happiness, all of the digestive noises that you make, what you eat, what you eat secretly, what you drink, how much you drink, how much you party, how happy you are, what your relationship was like with your parents. See where I'm going here? This is super amazing and awesome, this intake experience, if you are ready for it. But if you are not, if you have not done the work, If you've never heard of a functional medicine practitioner or a naturopathic doctor or acupuncturist or TCM practitioner or psychotherapist, your title does not matter here. If you're not like deep in the understanding of the methodology that we deploy in the allied health space, the one-on-one visit is a tremendously traumatic experience. It is one of the most intimate conversations you'll ever have in your life. And for a lot of my patients, they shared with me afterwards, whoa, that was not what I expected. And had I known we were going to go there, I would not have come. That is not what you want to hear. If you own an amusement park, you don't want people to say, whoa, that was quite the experience. If I had known what it is you do here at this fun amusement park, I would never have come. As practitioners who have been taught one version of the craft, how to deliver one-on-one care, We have over-indexed in our business design and our own mindset the importance of this one-on-one visit. When I talk about designing your offering and serving your people, it's really critical that you understand that where I am standing right now in this conversation is on the opposite side of something I call the line of fine. The line of fine is the ultimate goal of our healthcare system. It is where 
the traditional system is trying to get all patients. They're not trying to get patients to a state of optimal health. They're not recommending red light therapy. They're not trying to optimize what kind of vegetables you're eating or how you're timing your meals. They're making sure you won't have another heart attack, that your blood pressure is stable, that your blood sugar is okay, that you don't have any kind of bleeding happen from any kind of hole, that you can walk on your feet on your own, that you are safe in your home. They need you to be fine. They need you to be fine because there's so many people who aren't who could use your bed. That is the driving force in the healthcare system. It's not to scan people to find things so we can treat it way before it's a problem. It's to understand when we need to scan people, knowing we're going to have to treat them, and what kind of is the best for most people to be fine. It is really a low, low standard of health. It's a low standard of possibility. But it is extremely important to the functioning of our society. And given how expensive it is to deploy one-on-one care, we're doing an okay job. The opportunity that exists for most of us and the opportunity that I'm talking about is helping all the people who were just dumped at the line of fine. All the people who were told we are going to watchfully wait. All the people who were told if you just stay on this medication forever, you should be okay. All of the people who left their doctor's office feeling awful, but were told, you're fine. Go home. Come back if you need me. When I talk about this idea of we've over-indexed one-on-one care, what I'm referencing here is that that cohort of individuals all could benefit from our help. The number of people looking for empowered solutions with respect to your health is what is driving the allied health space into the realm of being a trillion-dollar global industry. The wellness space is a market three times larger than the pharmaceutical market. What does that tell you about the conversations happening at the line of fine? People are like, try this cream. I love it. Go to this store. Do this magic smoothie. Drop this into like sprinkle it on whatever. Most of the people I'm talking to right now are either consumers of the healthcare and all of those magic products, hi, or you're a practitioner like I was, a practitioner I spent eight years in school and $100,000 on my post-secondary education. Let me tell you where in the triangle of wealth in that trillion-dollar global industry where I did not hang out. I did not hang out at the top. Someone else is benefiting from the top. In fact, if we look at the average income of allied health practitioners, they're much closer to the bottom. They're much closer to the bottom because while they may love it, they have a business that's not lucrative and it's definitely not leveraged. And not only that, but the top part of the triangle is actually meeting people's needs. And so it is a small exclusive group of people who are looking for that one-on-one visit, the best intake you'll ever have. But what if you were uniquely equipped to help people move them through that journey, get them ready for the best intake they're ever going to have, and be the voice of reason along the way? Benefit financially along the way. I call this my quadrants of care, and I go into detail about it in my book. But my quadrants of care really describe the user journey of allied healthcare. 
It talks about how in the aspirational phase, this is like the first time people realize they can actually control their health through their actions, through their diet, through the frequency with which they exercise. This is a very powerful phase of that evolution. They're subscribing to mailing lists. They're looking for the latest and greatest information. They're trying stuff on their own. And instead of begrudging it or making someone pay $200 and you give them this on a handout, you should be part of the conversation. Because here's the thing. Most people in that aspirational state, most people in that aspirational state aren't actually ready to spend any money yet. Maybe they're in Canada and they've never spent money on their health before. Maybe when they're in the States, they can't afford to spend money on their health care. I'm not generalizing what Americans and Canadians are doing. I'm just throwing different countries and different scenarios at the table. All I know for sure is in that aspirational state, people are super excited that finally they have some control over their health. They're trying things out. Not well. Sometimes they're keto. Sometimes they're vegan. Sometimes they're straight paleo. Sometimes they're doing a candida cleanse. Sometimes their feet are in an ionic foot bath. They're trying it all, just like we did when we were early students. We tried it all. We didn't have the strategy. We didn't have the sequence. We had a ton of dopamine. We were really excited. Rather than begrudging people this part of their journey, we should just be a voice of reason in the murky water. That's all we can expect from users in that aspirational state that maybe they'll listen to you. Maybe they'll hit subscribe. Maybe they'll join that mailing list. Maybe they'll start to trust you. And as they start to trust you, there's an opportunity for them to start to invest in you. And it likely will not be spending $2,000 for some health package for you to transform their life. It'll likely be something less risky financially and with their time and with their privacy and with their privacy. They want to do it at home. I think sometimes we look down at these online courses. I think sometimes as practitioners who spend 800 years in school, we go, who are these people making these online courses? They could be unsafe. They could be telling them the wrong thing. They are giving them a one-size-fits-all solution. They are. But are you engaging in the conversation? That's Patients don't necessarily need your deep strategy there. They might just need the motivation. They might want your version of the basics. They might want the person they trust to deliver that to them, packaged in a way that makes them feel safe. And when you give people information that empowers them in a context that makes them feel safe, they lean in more. That whole second quadrant, I call it the DIY quadrant or the empowerment quadrant. This is where we turn the switch. They go, you're my person. And maybe you got them an outcome in that online course. Maybe you got them a little bit ahead. Maybe you got them to trust that you feel better when you do the basics. And when you are the person who got them there, now they have a choice. Now they can maybe choose to come and sit with you to ask the tough questions because now they understand why those tough questions are so relevant to their care. Or maybe they want to do something like a group program. Maybe maybe it's too hard to get in to see you. Maybe you're too busy. Maybe you're too expensive. Maybe you like to travel. Maybe you're like, I'm done with one-on-one care. Maybe you're training all your associates and you've closed your practice for a year. I don't know. But there's more options either in your one-on-one practice or what I call our fourth quadrant, our growth quadrant, where people get to work in a group and move towards a better state of health as a community, as a community who shares those values. The thing is, is that 
when we start to expand and honor that health can happen outside of a one-on-one visit, sometimes health happens in a supplement bottle. It's not my ideal way, but we need to acknowledge that sometimes it happens for some people. When we start to acknowledge that there's more than one way that we can get people well, now we get creative. Now we move into that realm where we see the leverage opportunities. When we see and implement more leverage, we have the opportunity to become more lucrative. To become more lucrative. And guess what? We still get to do what we love. This is the power of the P when we talk about impact medicine and everything I just talked about. If you're not a practitioner, and you're a change maker of some sort, you're a coach, you're a consultant, the same process stands true. There is a power to working with you one-on-one, but there's also a great degree of vulnerability. And the first phase of building your business, and frankly, the phase you're going to keep coming back to, is understanding whether or not your offers and the things you make available in each of these quadrants move your ideal patients forward, and whether it achieves the outcome that they're looking for and whether it enables you to still have the business that you love, you to have a business that is leveraged. Going and chasing people who see you once and never come back is a challenging business model to create. As you select your niche, you get clear on the problem you need to solve. You get to be more sophisticated in your thinking. When you recognize there's more than one way to work with people, what you also recognize is that we need to work with people who are going to engage in a journey. When we work with people who engage in a journey, we now have a customer who will come back. And when we have a customer who will come back, now we have the makings and the workings of a business of impact. So as we move through this process, we examine the P what we're really doing is gut checking. Are we building a business? Are we getting up every single day and working on something that moves us closer to the three L's that Todd spoke about at the beginning? Am I building something I love? Am I building something that's lucrative? And am I building something that's leveraged? And if you are, even if you're not at a place where it's all working and all the pieces are coming together yet, you know you are on the right path. This concept, this concept of the P, how we do it, how we deploy these pieces, these are all the inner workings of what we will be talking about this year at Impact Lies. If you missed the memo or our retargeting campaign, Impact Lives is our annual live event for practitioners. Our focus this year is on the future of health. We don't just bring you the most inspiring speakers in the industry, which we are doing. We've got Asha Frost and Dr. Quadro Kiramenting and Linda Clemens and Dr. Alan Christensen and JJ Virgin and Megan Telpner and like the list could just keep going on. We've got awesome people in the room. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually take you through the impact medicine system. What I'm going to help you do is create a business that you love, that is lucrative, and that is leveraged for you as we future-proof your practice and we future-proof your patients along the way. We're going to talk about some of the innovation coming into medicine, and we're going to be talking about the models of the future because the way it has always been done is not going to support the volume of people who are sitting hoping for care at the line of fine. So if this speaks to you, if there's a part of you that's like, I want to be a part of that. I want to build a business of impact. 
I want to reach more people. I don't want to just see patients one-on-one for the rest of my life. I'd also like some love and some leverage and some lucrativeness. I don't think that's a word, but we're going to throw it down here anyway. You want those things in your practice? You are going to want to join us at Impact Lives. You can grab tickets at impactaliveseventcom As I shared on the podcast last week, I just assume you listen to all my podcasts right to the end. Um, Early Bird ended September 29th. But that doesn't mean you're paying the highest ticket price. What we decided to do starting September 30th is we're going to increase the price, but we're going to increase it four times between September 30th and the start of the event at no- on November 16th. I'm not going to tell you when we're increasing the price. It's going to come as a surprise. And so what are you going to want to do? You're going to want to go get your tickets right now because any second, any second, that price could go up. So if you want to hang out with the most impactful practitioners in the industry, you want to design a business that you love that's lucrative and that's leverage, you're going to join me at Impact Lives and hang out with me again next week as we break down the A of impact, attraction. How do we create a system of attraction? I'm going to be joined by the one and only Elise Starma as we talk about Instagram and Instagram reels and all the things you need to know about the algorithm. I'm going to see you guys next Tuesday. I'm not going to see you. I'm actually just going to talk through the podcasting machinery that we all have on our phones, but I'll be talking at you again next Tuesday. We'll chat then. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.